February 7th, 2019. It's the Lullabot Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 231. I'm Matt a senior developer at Lullabot. With me, as always, co-host of the show, senior front-end dev, Mike Herschel. Hey, Mike. Mike Herschel. Mike Herschel. Hey, we're at uh, we're live on site. Yeah, at Beautiful Palm Springs, California. Yeah, as we do once a year, as the Lullabot team gets together, has a uh, retreat, works together face to face, talks about building the business and 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 working on our work and also having some time by the pool. And uh, when we do that, we corral everybody and we corner them and get them to speak into a microphone. Yeah. Also, one important thing is happening this week. What is that? We're launching the new Lullabot.com. Lullabot.com. And we have uh, three experts who've been working on that project with us. And we're going to learn all about Lullabot.com. Four experts. I am one of them. Oh, crap. You know something? Yes. You're important this time. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. First up, we have senior developer coming from the beautiful island of Mallorca, Spain. Professional sunbather. Knowledge of everything JSON API. We have Mateo Guillobosch. Hey, Mateo. Hello. Next up, we have Lullabot's CTO, who is also a senior developer and kind of does a little bit of everything. She has uh, basically shepherded, she's written, what, CCK and D7? I you, didn't write it, yeah, but yeah, I helped maintain yeah, it. And also right. the calendar you did the calendar module <laughs> and date. calendar I did, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of that stuff. Any module you liked, it was probably Karen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And and the nicest person probably in the room, I would say, looking around here. Uh, <laughs> we have Karen S. from Normal, Illinois. Welcome. Hey there. Good to talk to you. Also with us today, uh, newer addition to the Lullabot team, we have Putra Bonacorsi coming from... So, New Jersey. New Jersey. Out nowhere. Okay. Is yeah. that near the Jersey Shore? Sort of. It's about okay. like... 30 minutes away, so nice. not too bad, yeah. Awesome, so lullabot.com. Um, we launched lullabot.com, how cool is that? It's a new website. Excited, uh, yeah. why, why is that important? What, what do we do different? What's going on? Tell me about lullabot.com now. So uh, the, one of the first things about lullabot.com is that we moved away from a decoupled approach to a full-on Drupal approach. Yeah, we've been on the podcast, gosh, I don't know, it's been a year or two. Um, we had... Um, Sally and Wes and some other people talking about our decoupled lullabot.com and, and the really interesting thing that was built out there. And, and so we're moving away from that. Is is there a problem with decoupled? Like, what's what, what do we do? Oh, gosh, no. I mean, you're, you're Mr. Jason <laughs> API, so... No, there is not a problem with decoupling. Yeah. Uh, but decoupling is not the perfect fit for every project, right? And, and I, th- I think some of that lullabot.com previously was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? <laughs> right? Yeah, there was some of that. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and it was and, cool. And, and I think it was legit, right? Uh, we were trying to figure out, we were trying to, like, if we want to push this forward as a community, right? Um, uh, Sally is working on the admin UI uh, initiative. I'm working at the API first initiative. Uh, we need to have hands-on experience. And we did that very early, and a way to do it is to have yourself a project, right? And we learned a lot. That happened like maybe two years ago, and... Yeah, uh, no, it was longer than that. It was like 2015. Wow. It it was, uh, I I think the lullabot.com was uh, one of the first, or if not the first, decoupled React Drupal site. I think so, yeah. I think that's right. So the the idea was that, 
we now that we have more experience because we had a lot of decoupled projects at Lullabot, uh we reevaluated like uh, is it right to keep maintaining the site that was very useful for us for as a learning experience and also we had a really cool site for many years and uh, the answer was uh, maybe not uh, maybe it's easy to maintain uh, just a single website just one consumer with a d8 regular uh, d8 installation yeah that makes sense to me and uh, yeah we took we took a different approach on this site in the the goal wasn't to have the bleeding edge anything. It, the, the goal was to have it as uh, easily maintainable as possible, as much as possible, no custom code, straight out of the box Drupal, um, all the way through our project of putting this together this time. Uh, that was our goal. So how successful was that? Uh, we got pretty darn close. We have uh, three custom modules, one of which we really don't even need um, that I could get rid of. So we really have two custom modules uh, for the back end. The front end stuff, uh, we do have custom stuff on the front end, but but we have um, tried to avoid er everywhere we can doing anything custom. And in mm -hmm. fact, if we needed something that we couldn't solve in Drupal Core or Drupal Contrib, we made a Contrib module, and we have made several uh, modules that we are contributing back. Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, um, from what like Karen is saying is that um, one of the goals of this project is that we want to um, give the content authors the ability to um, easily edit the page without having a developer um, come in and help them with that. Um, so it's really imperative for um, for the site to be um, user friendly in a way that you know the content authors can go in and um, rearrange the order of a particular section and and be able to publish that fairly quickly. So, And I think that that's key to why we would want to move away from it. Because if you have a decoupled site, uh, these JavaScript frameworks are not really built for you to control the layout editorially or uh, you know, without pushing code. Because uh, you cannot assume anything about the presentation. Because you may be you know, pushing your Drupal content to many different consumers. So, so you might just say role. that we, need, we had a website and we needed a system to manage our content? <laughs> yeah. I, know, yeah, I feel yeah. a song coming on. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to play that song. Yeah, yeah I don't know that that's necessary. So what was custom? What did we need to do on the on the back end to make uh, it work? Very little. Uh, the migration was custom. Um, not well, surprisingly. as migrations are, As right? migrations are. Yeah. You, you, you really can't do a migration that isn't custom. Uh, we have some custom code related to um, the way that we arrange things in the in the node form. Uh, we could live without any of that, but we have a little bit of custom code pushing that stuff around. Uh, one thing that is custom, and it isn't even very custom, is uh, Layout Builder. We've got um, a custom module to define all our layouts because now we have layouts in core. And we just needed a custom module basically to create the configuration uh, around that and some ability to do things like create some custom settings. Yeah, so let's uh, talk about that a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of work that has been done to Layout Builder to make that a little bit more user-friendly. Right, correct. Mm -hmm. uh, Layout Builder is super great and really interesting. And it's awesome. We, <laughs> we, uh, it was really just coming, coming into uh, core at the time we were getting this project off the ground. Before we go too far, yeah. what is Layout Builder actually doing for us? Okay, so Layout Builder is, is relatively new in Drupal. Um, and, and, it's, and it's in core now, right? It's in, in core okay. now. 
And it's kind of the panels idea, if you've used panels in Drupal 7, the idea that you have a grid and regions of a page and you can, you know, you have a UI that you can, that an editor can use to move things around and place it on the page. Um, but, but this is all in core now. Are coming into core. Yeah, and it goes beyond that too because it's on the front end of the website. So when you're moving stuff around, you're moving stuff around on the front end of the website as opposed to dragging around like kind of like little gray blocks. In addition to that, you can make new, you can add in new sections where before when you define your panels layout, you're stuck to that panels layout. You can create new sections and drag them one on top of the other. And then within those like little layout sections, you can add your blocks within there. It is awesome. Right, lots of, lots of control, and that's exactly what we wanted. So the interesting thing about Lullabot is, obviously we're a technology company, and in the past, um, all the people that maintained the website were technology people, and so it really didn't matter whether it was easy to use UX because we're all a bunch of nerds and we write <laughs> code to do things anyway. But now we've got this really awesome head of marketing who is not a technology Hi, person. Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> who we love. Yeah. Um, but she's not a technology person. She, she, she needs something that's easy to use, that she can maintain. She doesn't need to have require a code push every time she wants to change the wording on a block uh, or something like that. And so we wanted to get a lot of power into her hands. And that was one of the reasons for, um, for picking this as our new solution. Yeah, so we, we and, and there's some custom code within the, the that we wrote for the layout builder where you're adding your custom CSS classes to those layouts. Right. Can you talk to about that a little bit? Yeah, um, uh, we actually have, um, we're gonna be posting um, the code that we use, and we're gonna put all the code that we've used uh, in a public place. Some of it is in contrib modules, a few things are not, um, the custom layout doesn't lend itself to being a contrib module because it's very specific to our situation, but it's something that pe uh, people could use as a guide if they wanted to implement something like that themselves. Um, and so what we did is we added to what comes out of the box with Layout Builder uh, the option to add some drop-downs. And so as the editor creates a section, she can do things like add a title to a section and uh, define classes that she wants to apply to that section. Yeah, and we actually have the, uh, in, in, instead of typing in a class name that she might not remember, we actually enter those class names into some custom taxonomy vocabularies, and then we hooked up the uh, the, the drop-down, so it kind of auto-completes. We're just using the select to widget, and so uh, she can start typing something, and it'll kind of automatically complete. Easy to add multiple classes. We have separate taxonomy vocabularies for both your title class and the layout class so it's really like a couple uh, utility classes that we have defined in CSS and then we've added to these taxonomy vocabularies are like uh, to constrain the grid you know if you want to make your layout you know constrained by one you know by having like a little bit of extra space on each side we have some uh, margin top and margin bottoms um, and in some padding top and padding bottoms so it's really easy for her to go ahead and start creating these landing pages just using Drupal's UI, which is, uh, which is pretty awesome. Reminds me a little bit of the Skinner model. Do you remember that? The, which model? Skinner? The Skinner, Skinner yeah. model. I don't know that one. <laughs> I, I remember it a little bit, What yeah. did it do? Uh, well, it was, it was similar, but for Drupal 6, I think. Something like that. And without 
layout builder. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like one of the benefits is that like because it's a drop down, you know, you're not typing in something, you're not going to get the CSS class name incorrect, you know. And one of the things that we actually have on our to-do list is to kind of create a view showing all these taxonomy terms with some documentation that'll be kind of like live documentation living in Drupal. So, um, Karen, you said that we released some contrib modules. Yeah, we and, and I don't have the list of all the contrib modules with me, so I'm going to have to try and remember. What was your favorite one? Um, I don't know about favorite, but I'll tell you one of one of the things that we ran into with Layout Builder. Um, and again, this is an early problem with Layout Builder be, being a, a relatively new thing. Uh, is if you use Layout Builder out of the box as it comes in core, one of the things you'll find is you go to the page. Um, where you can select your your um, sections and, and put blocks into them. And you click the thing to add new block to the thing, and it would just take forever for this list of blocks to come on. So it was very, um, not impossible to use, but that made it very difficult to use. Because it, it turns everything into a block that can be inserted in a page, because, right? Yeah, yeah, because basically the premise of exactly. Layout Builder is everything's a block, right. and you're in, right. you're you're inserting all these blocks so you can make a view block mm -hmm. you can you can do a block block you can do a, a entity reference block there are lots of different kinds of blocks that you can do but everything's a block mm -hmm. and layout builder also adds as a part of when you turn layout builder on one of the things it does behind the scenes is it creates a block for every field on every content type so suddenly you you aren't even aware of it but suddenly you have a huge number of blocks in your system and drupal does then has to load all those blocks every time that you're trying to process something. And because of the huge volume of blocks, it was just very slow. So it turns out that the problem that needs to be solved is not loading all those blocks all the time. And this is actually a problem that um, we we are, were simultaneously working on with an, another project. And Hawkeye was the one that came up with the um, fact that the, the fundamental thing that was slowing that down was the main list of blocks, the system list of blocks. If we could just reduce the size of that system list of blocks, suddenly everything works faster. So I created a module called Block Blacklist. And Basically, it allows, it shows you all the blocks that you have in your system, and you can just identify the ones that you know you're never going to use anywhere. And, and typically, for instance, on lolobot.com, we're only using layout pages on one content mm -hmm. type. We don't need all the blocks for all the other content types. And even the, even the content type that we're using, we don't need all the fields on Definitely. that content yep. type because they don't all need to be placed in within the grid. Um, so you can use this block blacklist and get rid of all those blocks in your system. And then all we have left are the blocks that we actually care about and want to use, and it speeds the thing up enormously. Yeah, it's incredible. I can definitely see a difference between like um, before we actually um, installed the module and then the, the after performance of that. Like the user experience of like adding a block to a page layout is a lot faster as well too for the content authors. Um, so, uh, Mateo, you released something into the wild, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that was your long flowing locks on the beach? <laughs> uh, that as well. Um, I'm talking about, though, about the, um, the podcast module. Uh, the, the podcast module? That sounds interesting to somebody who has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, straight out of core... Uh, there are many possibilities to build an RSS feed, right? Uh, you could, Views. 
you could use views. Uh, you could also uh, use the, the regular entity system. Can you make a, a page callback with custom queries or something? You could do that yeah. as well. Uh, I suppose it would be a route, though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, the thing is that there wasn't anything that would allow you to add your the custom fields that you need in a podcast RSS feed. And uh, that kind of leads to a very common problem, and that is that we need to go from a Drupal-defined structure that will be different on every side because it will depend on the content strategy that you, uh, on the content model that you have, and then map that to a known format. And uh, we we run into that problem like in many different areas, right? Because there are known standards for uh, almost everything, and one of those things is podcasts. So. Um, there's, the, there's a standard way the XML should be built for a podcast exactly. feed. And there's uh, the, the, uh, you need certain the, metadata. The title and the description and the, I, I don't remember the field names. but And, and then, then iTunes will want their own thing as well yeah. uh, in the podcast. And uh, there was the iTunes module and other things in the past that did that kind of thing. Yeah, but the, the research that we did showed that the support for Drupal 8 on those things was, was not great. And uh, the things that... Uh, were actually working. Uh, they didn't meet the things that we needed to do, uh, like namely have all the iTunes fields because you guys want to show up in iTunes. And so uh, basically we what we did <laughs> what we did is we created an extension to the way that RSS feeds work in using views, but adding multiple fields to map the podcast equivalents. Yeah, so to uh, configure it, you just create a view, and you know you select. Uh, there's an options for what it's called, like iTunes RSS or Podcast RSS or something like that. And uh, with you have like your uh, what is it? You have like your row formatter, and then when you open up the settings for that, there's just like a list of you. You have different. You have drop downs representing each field that you have in the view for each of those iTunes fields and you just kind of go and you just map one to the other and if you you can use whatever uh, content model you want you can just go ahead and like you know add a field into your view and then hit the settings and then move that over to whatever RSS field you want to put it in and it just works yeah what I what I like about the approach is that it give it's like very Drupal like it yeah. gives you the fre- the flexibility of do everything at any time anyone can use this and, and this is the podcast module which to me it was enable it was it was really impressive that the podcast namespace was even available shut up it's seriously it's <laughs> drupal.org slash project slash podcast yeah. that's exactly wow. it yeah no one registered that that's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah project squatters beware <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there is an, another custom module or contrib module that I'm even more excited about than the, the podcast module. And that's the one that Mike wrote. Yeah, the quick link module. You wrote a module? I did write a module. I'm gunning for you. <laughs> I'm going to take your job, Cleve. Uh-oh. <laughs> what, what is it? Tell me about quick link. Yeah, so it's, it's called the quick link module, and uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. So uh, Google Chrome Labs released this little JavaScript library called quick link. And at its core, what it does is uh, you load it on your library, you pass in some configuration object, and what it does is it looks at all the hyperlinks that are in your page's viewport, 
And in the background, after the web page is idle, it'll start uh, prefetching those. So it'll store those in a browser cache. And what happens is when you click on one of those links, it will load instantaneously because it's already downloaded, you know? So you, so you, you have like your time to first byte is like five milliseconds, you know? So it's like almost an instantaneous page load. Um, as you start scrolling down the page, it uses a uh, JavaScript API called Intersection Observer to load in any new hyperlinks that come into the viewport. And so it'll just do everything. So the module that I wrote, which is my first ever, you know, contrib module, I, um, I basically just kind of created a little wrapper for it. So you can configure a lot of uh, different options within uh, the configuration screen. And uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Like, for example, you don't want it to fetch prefetch the logout link because then you will just like log out as soon as you log in, you know, and there's <laughs> things like that. So uh, we also don't have it prefetch as your whenever you're authenticated because, you know, when you're authenticated, you don't have that page cache turned on. You, know, you don't want to like, you know, slow down your local or even the server. You, d you also don't want to prefetch Ajax enabled links. So it looks for, you know, uh, like the use dash Ajax CSS class and it won't look at that. Uh, you also don't want to prefetch um, links to files. Like if, if, if you have an MP, if you hyperlink to an MP3 file, you don't want to download, you don't want to prefetch that. So it'll um, use a little regex to kind of look for like a dot anywhere between one and four uh, characters after that, and it won't, it won't download those. Um, we had a, uh, a, uh, a patch from Andy Giles, who does a lot of uh, Drupal Commerce work, he ran into an issue where uh, when you, after you, he added a, an item to the shopping cart, it started a session, and because the session would bypass the caching, and so that was kind of, that was slowing down the server, so he added, there's an option now that's enabled by default to not load this library when sessions are enabled. So there's a lot of cool things like that, um, in addition, another thing that I really like is there's like a little debug mode. So you check the debug mode and it'll actually um, like put a little emoji, it'll insert a little emoji after links that, is, that it's not, you know, prefetching. And then if you open up your JavaScript console, it'll actually tell you why it's not prefetching these links. So you can actually debug it pretty easily. And it's awesome. And I got some, I got some patches from Mateo right here, which is pretty awesome. I appreciate you mm. looking at and reviewing my code. I, I also received some other patches, um, which I, the name of the person is slipping me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should uh, edit that in. And, um, <laughs> but like, it's pretty awesome. And it, it just makes your web page so, so feel so much faster. So, I would. I would say to anyone listening to this and getting as excited as they should be if they are developers, uh, to go to lullaby.com, try it out, feel if it f like see if it feels fast, and then open the Firefox console and see uh, or Chrome, whatever you're using, uh, and and see the network Opera? tab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not Opera. <laughs> oh, yeah. not you, can, you can use whatever. Links. Uh, Probably not links. <laughs> I, I don't know if they have developer tools for links, uh, but open the network tab and see how after a while, after things have been painted and everything, so it's not taking actual resources uh, from you, uh, things start to, to load and you see the requests and how they get cached. And it's pretty great. 
So, Mike, you said this was your first um, contrib module, right? Yeah. So, have you you've never committed anything to Drupal.org contrib I, stuff? I, I have some core commits, and okay. I, I've also like I've contributed some patches to other people's modules. What is what is the system though? Like now, now you have a full fledged project, or how, how did that work? Now, how does that work these days? Well, um, yeah. So, so the pretty much anyone can name squat now. Like that's the way it is. Because oh, okay. uh, there there was an era where you couldn't do anything until yeah. you were officially blessed. Yeah, and, and that was really tough for people because the people who were actually doing the blessing, there wasn't enough of them. Yeah. You know, so but but now you can go in and you can create a module, create a release for your module, but you cannot opt into security coverage until you get at least one module that has gone through a review process. Okay. All right. Sorry for the sidebar there. No, but that's that's really important for people to know. We're with the team who built Lullabot.com here on the Lullabot Podcast. Coming up right after this, we're going to talk a little bit about building Drupal 8 in the modern era, things that happened, and some, a little bit about the front end. We haven't talked much about the theme in the front end. Coming up right after this. Whether you're learning how to build sites with Drupal or diving into the code, there are community-powered camps, summits, sprints, and trainings happening all over the world. Find all of these and more at DrupalCal.com. And of course, if you want to boost your Drupal chops from the comfort of your own home, point your browser to Drupalize.me and stuff your brain full of carefully crafted videos and tutorials. Hi, this is Liz Trudeau from the Drupal Association. DrupalCon Seattle is coming to the Washington State Convention Center April 8th through the 12th. Register to participate in one of three robust new tracks, Builder, Agency Leadership, or Content and Digital Marketing. For more information, visit events.drupal.org. Welcome back to the Lullabot Podcast. We're talking about the uh, new Drupal 8 Lullabot.com, which was just recently launched. The cobbler's children have no shoes. Hmm. Now, we have shoes now. These are like some awesome, pretty, pretty awesome <laughs> shoes. And, uh, that's what happens, though, sometimes, right? Lullabot.com often gets forgotten with Lullabot, who, yeah. you know, we're outside. We're busy. The, yeah, we're Everybody's building busy. websites for yeah. us. So we weren't busy? Like, or did we just, we carved out time because no, this was a priority. We decided, we decided it was time to create a site that we, we know we're busy. We know that nobody's going to have time to work on it. We also know that the same people aren't always going to have be able to work on it. So we wanted to create a site that was as easy as possible for somebody to just drop into, take care of whatever they needed to take care of, and then go off and do something else. Uh, so that meant, you know, pretty much straight up Drupal, very little or no custom code, it, as as easy to maintain as possible was the goal. At the end of the day, it's a brochure website, right? We, uh, we need a blog, we need, we need a blog, not, we need articles. It's not really crazy fancy. Yeah, it's like right? a it's heavy true. brochure well, website. Like fancy front end stuff that we also introduced for this um, version of the website as well, too. Um, we got we a lot of front more. end. Yeah. One thing before <laughs> jumping into front end, there's one module we forgot to mention. Yeah. we. Uh, one of the things that came up as we were trying to figure out how we were going to lay out uh, the Drupal 8 site is we had some pages on the current site that were kind of an arrangement of... Um, Grids, funny grids, like three across with a two across with a one across with a two across, you know, that kind of crazy layout. And it was basically what was dropping into the panels of that layout was basically the results of a view. And uh, so we, we wrote a module called Views Layout, and the idea is you just create a view as you would normally create it, and you just say, I want the view results to drop into this layout. And now everything just arranges and drops into whatever layout you set up. So it can be any kind of crazy thing. It doesn't have to be a nice three by three um, that you get out of the box with views. And you can even do things like say, I want 
you know, this crazy layout, but I want to leave one of these uh, sections blank so that I can put something else in it or whatever. So it's, it just was kind of a fun problem to solve and turned out not to be too hard to solve as something that you could do with the new layout system. These sound like actual problems you, you get on lots of projects. Like a, a design yeah. team comes in and says, this is what it's going to look like. And then you're like, great, what happens How, when there's only five instead of six? Right. <laughs> well, I found myself doing things like creating a view and then saying, present, you know, put offset one here, put offset two here, put offset three here. I thought, this is crazy. There's got to be a better way. And uh, so we can just create a layout and everything drops into the right place. Cool. So um, as now as uh, Wes Ruvalcaba walks into the room, we're actually like transitioning to talk about the front end of the website. So you walked in right Perfect at the right timing. time. So you can uh, join in over here with us and share a microphone. There you go. Um, all right. So let's move on to the front end of the website. Uh, I guess let's start off with Butcher. You said we got some cool stuff happening? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of came into the project when the theme is already set up and all that stuff. I just came in, just um, adding some um, front end, um, more of like front moment end of awesomeness. Like awesomeness, <laughs> as in like special sauce, I guess. Um, when it comes to like um, some of the interaction on the website, um, we added some front end um, polish to some of the button animations, just to give some um, moment of delights for the user as well some too. Some pop. Some pop for did sure. You, did you make the logo bigger? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just kind of kind of small but i think that's what makes us special so. <laughs> <laughs> so um so it's a custom theme right it's a custom theme um that um was put together and um we use scope to also you know process all of our assets and also um we also break everything out into separate um partials and also um separate files based on like the section of the site that um we want to load those um assets on um and yeah, I, I think it came out really well. <laughs> so, so joining us now, we have uh, senior front-end developer Wes Ruvalcaba coming to us from Ohio, and yeah, so all the way from Ohio, all the yeah, way, all the I way walk from here. That's a <laughs> why are your feet tired? I, so, <laughs> Wes, yeah, you did the initial architecture of the theme. Uh, go ahead and just give us like a uh, I don't know, maybe a two thousand foot overview of like you know how how you architected the SAS, how you have you have multiple libraries, how we're doing that, and. Sure. Go down. Yeah, yeah. So um, when we first when we first were putting the site together, we weren't sure how many people would be available, or you know, uh, if we're if we're going to get any help. Uh, and so the idea behind uh, putting the theme together the way I did was to kind of be consistent with other projects that we generally work on, and to for, so that someone could just kind of walk in and not have to wrestle too much with uh, with uh, different dependencies or you know making the front end build work or like you know basically doing doing anything new or crazy it was just tried to keep it uh, pretty simple so the components are broken up in a way that we kind of usually break them up where it's kind of if you're familiar with it smacks esque so you have like your base folder and your components folder and all that and um, Everything, all the partials are named after the components. All that was like pretty simple. Um, the we we were able to get um, the front end build so that you know you didn't have to know if we were using Grunt or Gulp, uh, and we were originally using Grunt, but Grunt had some. I was we were having some issues with it, and some of the uh, libraries we were or, uh, libraries packages we were using were a little out of date and weren't working correctly. Um, and yeah, so so we ended up switching Gulp halfway through, and uh, and that was first time I've ever really 
made a gulp file, and I love it, and I'm never going back. Uh, cool. Yeah. What do you like about it? What's the deal? So, oh, I just uh, um, the, the the thing that a lot of people go back to is that it's it's more like writing JavaScript. So uh, Grunt's whole philosophy is more around making it uh, easier by not having to know. Uh, so uh, JavaScript, so you're writing more configuration than like code kind of stuff. Yeah, now that I know way more about JavaScript, Gulp was just fantastic for me. So one thing, Wes, you were involved with the last Lullabot.com website with the uh, the decoupled React, and you've d- you've done a bunch of work on that too. Yeah. Uh, it, was it different coming back to you know let's do everything in in Drupal and let's build a Drupal theme as Drupal themes are, are made to be. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that was one of the things I think was hard for a lot of people to come in and, and pick it up just uh, out of nowhere was it was something they weren't used to, and this is a side project that we do. You mean if somebody new said, hey, I've got, you know, tw- got 20 hours to work on yeah. lullabot.com, they're like, oh, crap, I don't know what I'm doing here. Right, right. You're saying the ramp-up time was hard for rotating a lot of people in and out. Yeah, just because, yeah, there were a fair number of people who hadn't done a lot of... of uh, of that kind of work. Uh, but I mean, we had something that was, you know, way more approachable than, you know, our first version of it and like uh, really got down to, uh, a lot of good best practices and we're doing a lot of really fun work. But yeah, the the uh, getting new people on the project was tricky to entice them to do it, one, and then uh, to, you know, have them feel successful early on uh, ended up being a little bit of a problem. So getting back to this kind of thing was actually fun for me. I've been on uh, a project for a very long time, and you know, I've seen all the code bases warts, and uh, I just kind of get to do uh, get to do some maintenance. Uh, but yeah, coming back and doing uh, doing some Drupal work was was really fun. We yeah. knew the requirements. The client was okay. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. The, cl- cl- the client was a pain in the butt. So yeah. I want to I talk about some of the cool stuff that we did. So uh, we're not using jQuery on the front end, at least. Yeah, that, that was your initiative, and that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We're not using any type of jQuery. We're not using any type of framework. We're just doing straight-up vanilla JavaScript, which is really cool. I'm looking at the... Um, the, the homepage uh, bundle size is eight kilobytes for JavaScript, which is pretty, yeah, yeah. Which what? Is, yeah, eight, eight kilobytes. You know, you don't need JavaScript for everything. And, and honestly, our site functions fairly well, even without JavaScript. It's not 100% good, but it's, it's honestly completely usable. And uh, so, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, and we ended up like writing some, uh, some custom JavaScript that's probably going to make its way into a module. One of the things that I did is... Uh, I, I did some uh, functionality that's very similar to views load more, where you have that load more button at the bottom of your view. And uh, similarly to views load more, it, it just kind of reaches out to into the pager and grabs the next page, and then it kind of processes that. It, it uses like, you know, async promises, and it'll it'll pull in the next page and then append that to the bottom. And that's that's pretty cool. And what else it does that I'm really really proud of is that it actually does like paging where you know it, you know how like if you've been on a website that has a load more button, you start scrolling or you hit the button, you hit the button again, you hit the button again, and then you navigate somewhere, and then you hit the back button, and then it's like you have to hit that button like six more times, and you're like, damn it. Uh, this keeps track of that, so it'll take you back to where you were and stuff, which is like super, super cool. There's so, your module name. No more dammits. <laughs> yeah, no more dammits, right? And it'll fall back to like your regular, uh, regular old, I don't know, like hyperlink pager for IE11 and for a non JavaScript. 
uh, users. So it's pretty neat. So, and, and what else did we do that JavaScript-wise? We have like a custom audio player, which is pretty fun. The audio API, if you haven't worked with it, is pretty cool. And browsers, it's, it's modern and it's fun to work with. Um, I, like how we, I like how we're splitting everything out into kind of their own libraries. So the CSS bundle sizes are very small. Um, the HTML is all like pretty semantic and you know we did a lot a lot of custom uh, obviously a lot of custom twig templates so this and isn't go ahead sorry um we also do like um we, we also add some like um utility classes as well too for the website yeah just so not everything um, most of the classes are semantic but at the same time we also trying to use like utilize more utility classes just so that we have more flexibility in terms of like you know building out a new section and um, not having to like go back and create a unique class for a particular section that we're working on. So that's been helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. I've always found on projects, uh, yeah, you, starting with BEM and doing that is great, but then you start finding things that you're doing everywhere and you're writing the same styles on, over and over again. And the utility classes have just been much better uh, of a mix of just not being a purist and, and being balanced with you know what I use where. So this is one of those projects that you launch and you're like, yeah, view source. It looks good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I haven't been on it for a while. I don't know what these jerks are doing, but I'm pretty it, sure it's it, still awesome. It looks pretty awesome. Looks you got you yeah. to stay away from no, it. No, actually. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was great. I, I actually had uh, my life picked up a bit and I did not have the time for uh, for this on, on the side. And uh, they both, it, it went from like, when I had it, it was like, Everything looks like a page. Everything like more or less works, and then Putra comes in and all of a sudden <laughs> has slick animations, uh, which I've now stolen for another project and modified. Awesome! I yeah. love that. And code is great. Loved it. And then you know Mike's doing all this cool, crazy stuff that uh, you know. And then the the front end performance is just amazing. Uh, yeah, the so front end really performance cool. is is completely awesome. Like I'm I'm really proud of it because like getting like all A's on webpagejust.org and like hundreds on you know page rank or what no like the uh, lighthouse audits and all that type of stuff i think that's especially cool because one of the concerns about moving away from react was we don't want to yeah. get slow it get bogged down which can happen with a monolithic site so it's really yeah, it's, exciting it's, it's a it's a really lightweight site how was i uh, using twig was that something that that has been a whole lot of fun or is there anything special going on on that front within building a theme yeah, I, I mean, I mean, for me, like the, the tricky part is just knowing how to get the data that you need into your Twig file, and the key to that is actually like debug setting breakpoints within Twig, so you can actually like uh -huh. open it up in PHP Storm, and then knowing enough of the Entity API to like screw around to actually get the data that you need. Yeah, we also added um, um, a number of like. Um custom variables to our preprocess node in order to like grab a particular variable that we want to render in our um, Twig file as well too, so that's been helpful. Yeah, as a, as a guy who does not have PHP Storm, I, uh, I'm still just using plain old editors all the time, like uh, VS Code. That's been my problem is Twig is super, super easy. It's like just, you know, just coasting. It's like, oh, I have everything I need. And then the moment I don't have what I need and I need to go find it and figure out how to get it, I'll, I'll kill browser tabs like crazy using Devel. Or, you know, all my old tricks are. are we need to sit of, together. I yeah, will yeah. sell you on PHP Storm. I will be their advocate. You know, <laughs> so, like, JetBrains, if you're listening, you got to cut me a deal here. Yeah. All about podcasts brought to you by PHP Storm. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, my problem has always been as a, as a guy who used to be a designer, the IDE interface uh, gives me a headache. Uh, <laughs> so, you're one, of, you're one of those. Yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> uh, Eclipse still exists. 
<laughs> There's wincing in the you room. You go to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I have, I've considered, like, if I'm going to uh, use PHP Storm, like, I've been interested in Vim, and Vim, yeah, appeals to me in a, in a lot of ways, but I don't know if it solves the problem. Vim is definitely the hipster route yeah, it to is. take. It is, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. it interests me. <laughs> right on. Hey, so I just have one question, um, Karen, and maybe we can bring this back. It's something that I see online when people are talking about building Drupal 8 these days. Um, they say, Drupal 8 still isn't ready. It's crap. The contrib space is hard. <laughs> like, I can't snap together a website. It seems like we were able to. Right. There were some struggles. Right. So what is kind of missing out there? Is there anything that's still troublesome in this? I, honestly, we the goal was to do this with, with what's available in contrib. We made, we created a few contrib project, projects to solve some specific problems. And, but and we missed something, that, right? We were we missing were iTunes, right? We were missing iTunes. We built our own. Yeah. The things, the things we were missing, we have put out there as contrib modules. So theoretically, anyone who wanted to do anything similar should be able to do pretty oh, much out of the box. I wonder if some of the people having those frustrations are, are dealing are used to maybe more front end contrib modules or like things that we didn't even touch. Uh, and actually, I, I don't generally recommend using modules for the front end if you have someone that can do it just with plain old web stuff. But and, and I don't know these grumpy people. It was something I saw in like a oh, Reddit, sure. uh, like an R Drupal <laughs> um, sure. thread yeah. of like you know Drupal eight sucks or something. And it was like, well, I don't know. Yeah, it's always like, well, yeah. When people get upset with a tool like this, it's like, well, what what were their expectations? And I want you know, I want to know what they were missing. I, I think exactly. one of the other issues that we ran into is that. Um, People coming from Drupal 7, for instance, are upset if they don't see their Drupal 7 solutions. Right, and sometimes exactly. in Drupal 8, the Drupal 7 solution isn't the right solution anymore. There's yep. a new way to fix it in Drupal 8. Yeah, that's true. And coming from Drupal 7, uh, the tooling is completely different, right? So now we have Composer, and you need to figure out how to build your site before pushing it to your deployment server, unless your deployment server has uh, those build tools. And that also is maybe challenging for some people just jumping from other projects that don't have that kind of workflow or directly from Drupal 7. Right on. Hey, so we're uh, about time to wrap up. If we could just go around the table and maybe mention something you haven't mentioned yet, something you enjoyed about the project or anything neat about lullabot.com that you're particularly proud of. Putra. Yeah, um, well... Dollawatt.com is definitely my first project um, here at the company, so you know it's nice. It's, to it's just the hey, welcome to the company. We <laughs> exactly. need a dang website. <laughs> Dive into this website. That Dive into never this website. Yeah. yeah, well, you guys have done a really great job as far as like setting up the documentation for like setting up the website and everything else. So it was fantastic to be able to be involved in the project, and I'm really proud of the amount of work that we were able to produce. So yay, <laughs> Karen. Um, I, I'm proud of all kinds of things, but one thing that uh, we haven't talked about that I think is kind of cool is we used Lando to do our, our oh, local yes. development, yep. and we did a lot of playing around with Lando and figuring out the best way to set it up and accomplishing a lot of things. And, uh, and we've gone on to use it on other projects. And, and we've yeah, gone on yeah. to use it on other projects. And again, um, our goal is to make as much of this public as we can. Wes? Yeah, so I would, I would say the documentation and uh, getting it so that, you know, peop- like when Putra came on, mm-hmm. It seemed like pretty quickly she was making pull requests. Very proud of that. And I'd have I have to say I wanted to mention a couple of times, a lot of that I owe to Carwin Young, who I've been stealing and morphing his work for about two years now. Hey Carwin. Ah, hi <laughs> hey. Carwin. Thank you. Mateo. So for me, one of the good things was that after being in in a project with uh, with non lullabots, 
I came back and worked with you know, this awesome group of people, and it got me really excited since I got time between transitioning projects. Mike Herschel. This is my first project working with Layout Builder, and like Layout Builder is like freaking phenomenal. It's a game changer as far as page layout, Drupal, putting together sites. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just pretty but awesome. But panels existed. Like, it was cool. Panels was, I mean, the UI in panels is a piece of crap compared to Layout Builder. Was it cool? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It solved the problem. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not well, hating. Yeah, Layout but. Builder's pretty neat. So, yeah, yeah uh, thanks to all the, uh, all, the, all the core people that are working on Layout Builder. Right on. Thanks, for everybody, for, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>